Good evening, everyone. We are just excited because this is the first broadcast of the new year. To each one of you, Happy New Year. 2021 has come upon us, and we now know this is going to be a year unlike any other year we've ever had. The Lord brought us through 2020. 2020 was an interesting year. We're all glad to be through it. We survived it. We made it out. But now we're beginning a new season, and we need the word of the Lord more than we ever have in times past. This is the time when we need to hear clearly what is God saying, what is God speaking, and how do we prepare? The Bible says clearly that of the tribe of Issachar, they understood times and seasons and what Israel was to do so that they could help their countrymen prepare so that they could set their face and be ready for the will of God, the mind of God, and the seasons that were coming. Tonight, that's what we endeavor to do, to help you hear the word of God, to prepare yourself for the season we're in, to set your feet in what God is doing, and then to open your heart for what God is saying, and to also avoid making the mistake of letting the voice of men be louder than the voice of God. Tonight, we're excited because this is the broadcast where we're going to share the prophetic word for 2021. Now, we always say this, but I want you now to get your phone, your device, whatever you have, and share it. Share it with people who need to hear the word of the Lord. Share it on your page. Get people listening. Not because we're talking, because we believe God is going to be speaking in the midst of this next hour, hour and a half. So we're excited. We want you to now share it with people and get people who need a word, tag them and get them on your page. So before we do anything else, Lord, we ask you tonight to release your glory and your power. We ask that you would move supernaturally to touch people in their homes. We pray that yokes would be broken, that minds would be restored, that people would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We pray that the fire of God would invade homes, lives, marriages, and children. We pray that the fear that's trying to sweep the nation would be stopped at the door of your house. We speak to fear of all kinds, and we rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. We command oppression. Ah, you will not come here. You shall not rest on the people of God. For the Lord gives us peace that passes all understanding, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And we speak that this nation belongs to God. So all that the enemy has decreed that he would do shall not manifest in its fullness. This nation will have revival. This nation will see a move of God. This nation is going to see souls saved. This nation from Washington all the way to the borders of California, from the top of Canada down to Mexico, we are speaking revival over this nation. And we declare over you, the will of man has never had precedence over the will of God. May the power of God and the glory of God be seen in America all over again. And we pray right now, before we go any further, may the peace of God sweep Washington, D.C. May there be no more violence, no more anarchy, no more foolishness. May the hand of God be loosed and the power of God be seen. I don't know about you, but I am excited. I believe God is talking. In the midst of worship, he's talking. He wants us to remember he is God. When the nations, when you look down through time and history, nations always struggle for dominance. Kings always fight for supremacy. But God has never had to fight with a man. We forget that. God does not fight with men. 
He simply determines what he will do. But the word of the Lord stands forever. I need some of you to know this at home as we get ready to go into the word of the Lord for this next year. Remember, many times your understanding of God will determine your reaction to prophecy. I want you to understand that. Your understanding of God will determine your response to prophecy. If you believe that God is good when you hear a prophetic word, you know that word is good. If you believe that God is harsh when you hear a prophetic word, you think he's judging you. If you believe that God is vindictive when you hear a word, you think he's uncovering you. When you hear that God is merciful and you hear a word, you know that he's being kind to you. Your perception of God will always determine how you receive and walk through a prophetic word. So the first thing that has to be established is in times of crisis, you must settle your soul and remember God did not change even when nations do. God is not scattered even when people change their minds. God is not crippled even when your favorite prophet got it wrong. God is not crazy just because the preacher you're listening to is now talking crazy. God is stable. And the stability of the kingdom is proven in this. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I believe the Bible says, Debbie, to all generations. So God was good before you knew him. He's good right now. He'll be good tomorrow. You have to know that because everything you believe about prophecy has to rest on he is good. So when we enter into the prophetic word, you have to settle your mind because so many of the prophetic voices that are speaking now are talking New Testament language, but they're acting like Old Testament prophets. Now, you cannot decide because something happened that you didn't like that you get to be an Old Testament prophet and damn everyone who didn't do your job. You can't send everybody to hell who didn't vote your way. You can't damn everyone who didn't give you what you wanted on your agenda. That is not New Testament life. New Testament life is he came for the just and the unjust, for the righteous and the unrighteous. His son shines upon us all. So New Testament mindset is God is good to everybody, whether they know him or not. So now we have to look at prophecy from that view. Now, many of you right now, you've got a bitter root in your spirit. And you're hearing the word of God through a bitter ear because things didn't happen the way you were told they were going to happen. But now we're going to examine the word of the Lord and realize who you listen to will determine your attitude. Oh, we're going to walk this thing tonight. That's why the Bible is clear. He says, first of all, hear the word of God. Secondly, he makes it clear when he speaks in the old covenant, he says, the prophets I speak by, they speak my word. It comes to pass, but they also have his nature. So the nature of God is one of the prerequisites for a prophet of God in the New Testament. So if the prophet doesn't have the nature of Jesus, I don't care if everything they said is what you wanted to hear. They are not God's servants. Ah, let me make it clear. If the preacher preached a message you liked, but he's got three girlfriends and a wife. If he's doing everything outside of the Bible and living contrary to the word of God, 
you must understand that the Lord declares whatever he said might have been accurate, but I didn't send him. Why? Because I don't send someone who doesn't have my character to carry my kingdom. So just because what they said sounded right doesn't mean they were the vehicle of God. Otherwise, that becomes the trap to get you because the first two words were right. They got your attention. They got your allegiance. They got you to follow them. Then they lived outside of the will of God, outside of the word of God. And now you begin to emanate and emulate the lifestyle that's contrary to the word of God. You begin to manifest a character opposite to Christ and you end up walking into a place of bitter destruction because you followed someone that God never sent. Because you were moved by their gift rather than their character. This is the hour where God is telling us in 2021, I'm going to say a few things tonight. In 2021, you have to disengage yourself from gifting and connect to character. Gift will woo you. Character will save you. So we must now follow where character has been built. Not just the gift. Look for the character. If you are not operating in the character of God as the gifts of God are flowing, we are in the midst of, now hear me, 2021 is going to be a year distinctly designed by God to expose the true prophetic versus the false prophetic. This is going to be a year where we determine what is the prophetic from what is divination. What is the prophetic from what is just people saying their own desire. What is the soul and what is the spirit. This is the year where God divides openly what he spoke from heaven and what we spoke from earth. It will be clearly displayed before us. So we must now make the decision to not be moved just because they said what we wanted. When men speak from their own heart, they cause you to agree. When men speak from God's heart, they cause you to overcome. When you speak from your own heart, you find agreement in people. I like that. That's what I wanted to do. That sounds good. That's agreement. But when you speak from the heart of God, you may not always find agreement, but you will find victory. The heart of God may offend you the first time you hear it. The heart of God may tell you you're wrong the first time you hear it. The heart of God may tell you I'm not going to give you that job you asked for. The heart of God may say stay in that marriage even though it doesn't look good right now. The heart of God may say your child was right even though they're acting crazy. The heart of God may say go apologize to someone who robbed you. The heart of God will look for reconciliation. So the heart of God doesn't look for agreement. It looks for victory. So when the heart of God comes, it will push you to maturity. In this hour, what we have had for this last season is we have had a prophetic mindset for the last about nine years where we were more interested in agreement than victory. So most of the words that were given to us were words that simply encouraged us, words that told us we were awesome, words that told us we were fantastic, words that told us we were the ace, boom, coom, we were the gold, the silver, we were the beautiful. All of the words we got told us that God wanted you to have a car that was fast and a house that was 
full and kids who were pretty and your hair was going to be down your back and your head was going to be beautiful and your eyes were going to twinkle and all your teeth were going to look like milk duds. And now you hear all this. I know milk duds. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't know milk duds. It was the wrong inference. You know, I got excited, y'all. I got excited. I was going to say look like milky white, but milk duds is what came. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. When you get accustomed to the prophetic only saying what you want to agree with, you cease looking for fathering. So in the prophetic, we threw away the idea that we needed to be fathered. Mm -hmm. Fathered means someone will walk me deeper and correct me so that I can become mature. So we ceased looking for fathers and we all became brothers, which meant we just told each other something nice Mm -hmm. and we all became equals in the prophetic because we all can prophesy. Now, that ignores the idea of the prophet. Mm -hmm. The gift is for everybody. The office is a governmental office to shift cities and nations. We are in a time now while nations are going crazy and governments are falling apart where we need prophets unlike any other time in our past. Because if we had mature prophets, not just the gift, but the office in operation in this nation, Mm -hmm. Real prophets would have told us some of the stuff we've been saying was out of order. Real prophets would have stood up and said, you might want it, but God's not going to give that to you. Real prophets would have said, that is not the mind of God. Oh, we're quiet in here now. It's necessary because if we're going to go deeper in this season, we cannot stroke each other's ego any longer. We cannot pat each other on the back and say every idea in our head is good. We need prophetic training that deals with our insecurities, our insufficiencies, and our immaturity and says, that's not God. Let that go and grow up. So we got to go deeper. Are you ready to go deeper? Let's go deeper. We're going to look at some things tonight that the Lord has been speaking to us. So we're going to begin to dig into a few things that God was saying. Now, as we dig into the word of God for tonight, we're going to throw out every year how the prophetic always works with me. And many of you know this because we've been together for several years. Many of you who are watching, you have been privy to and exposed to the word of the Lord and you know how we flow, but you haven't always been full of the process. We're going to break down the process tonight. We're going to make it plain to you. How God always speaks to me, every prophet has a different process. For some prophets, they only hear in the midst of the word. So when you look at scripture, you have prophets who, when the word was spoken, that's when they would always hear. And so they would, Jeremiah is a word prophet. Your word is shut up in me. It's in my bones. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah's gift was activated by scripture. When he heard scripture, when he heard the covenant, it was turned to fire in his bones. In other words, the greater measure of anointing increased in his internal mechanism by hearing the word of God. So if the fire was going to increase, the word had to increase. So the measure of his fire was equal to the measure of his word. He was a word prophet. Isaiah was a worship prophet. Every time he had a vision or an encounter, 
I was in the temple on the Lord's day. Now King Uzziah in his reign, I suddenly see he dies. I'm in the temple in worship and the glory comes. The train of the Lord's temple fills. the train of his glory fills the temple. I see the pillars shake. The smoke fills the place. I look up and I hear God talking to himself and God says, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, send me, I'll go. He was a worship prophet. Some of you are worship prophets. Your gift doesn't activate unless you're lost in worship. So you need to know how your gift works and get lost in worship. Turn off the news, turn off CNN, turn off Fox, stop listening to people tell you what to think and get into worship and hear from heaven. If you are a Jeremiah type of prophet, your gift won't work until you eat the word daily. As you eat the word, you're going to begin to, Jeremiah prophets weep a lot. They weep in intercession. They weep when they love God. Debbie Smith is a powerful woman of God, but she's got a Jeremiah anointing on her. When she gets in the word and in the presence of God, the tears come. She'll often say, I don't even know why I'm crying like this. That's because Jeremiah said, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain, the daughter of his people. So in the midst of worship, in the midst of the word, the tears were unlocked. Why? Because some of you don't even understand that your tears speed up your answers. The Bible says you go forth planting seed, but you shall come again carrying sheaves. Why? By your tears. Every one of you needs to know the process of your prophetic anointing. Ezekiel was a seer in the prophetic realm. What does that mean? Some of you are always having dreams and visions, but you don't know how to go deeper. How do you go deeper? You've got to understand with that Ezekiel anointing, you've got to get still. You can't see further till you turn everything off. You got to get still. You've got to train your children to be silent while you're in God's presence. You've got to train your marriage to respect the anointing. You've got to train yourself to stop answering your phone. Now, some of you are listening going, what does this have to do? It has everything to do with where we're going. Because for the last four years, we have had prophets not operating in their anointing because the seers didn't see, the singers wouldn't sing, the preachers wouldn't pray, the intercessors wouldn't go deep. The Bible says my head has been covered like a shroud so that the seers could not see. So the prophets went blind because they were busy being politicians instead of being prophets. So we lost the prophetic voice. We lost prophetic momentum. We lost the advance because preachers wanted to be friends. Pastors wanted people to like them. Prophets wanted to be famous. Apostles wanted to build kingdoms. Evangelists wanted to get their name in the paper. And God said, all of y'all have been so busy making people like you that heaven has not been invading the earth. So now the time has come where in this year of 2021, God has allowed the world to be shaken so that nothing you were leaning on is producing for you now. So if you don't hear God now, what are you going to do? 2021, you're stuck in your house with your kids, your husband, your wife, your dog, your parakeet, your fish in the bowl. 
You're stuck with the old folks you don't like called in-laws. You're stuck with the young people you don't like called grandchildren. You got neighbors you can't stand looking in your window asking, can they come in and talk because they so bored. And now your whole life is on hold. And God says, I will tell you what I will do if you will ask me. The season has come where we must go deeper. Oh, my goodness. I hope this is, is speaking to you. So now let's dig into this. If we're going to go deeper. The word for this year, excuse me, the word two years ago. Okay. I want to bring us up to where we are. We're not going to be too long, but we're going to catch you up. The word, you can see it on the screens and it's on your screen at home. Two years ago, 2019, the Hebrew year was 5779. The word that coincides with that, all of those who are in the desert here know I've taught this before, so you have this in your notes. It was the word utz. So in 2019, we brought forth the word, and the word of the Lord was counsel to plan. The word that God gave us in 2019 is this is the year of counsel. Mm. It was based on this scripture, Judges 19 and 30. And it was so that all that saw it said there was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt. Unto this day, consider of it, take advice. Take advice, take counsel, take wisdom. Learn from this, speak your minds. Now this is unique because this passage is found in a story that is amazing. This is where two years ago we talked about this story and I said standing in DC3 the first Sunday of the year, I made this statement. This is the most unusual passage of scripture that God has ever given to me for a prophetic word for the year because it is the story. Some of you will remember, those who are listening will not. It's the story of a man who was chasing his concubine who had gone away. When he goes looking for his concubine in another city, he finds her and says, I'm going to bring you home. When he wants to bring her home, it's now late at night and the house they're in says it's too late to travel. Stay here. He says, no, I'm going to leave. So now when he left his house, they told him not to go. He ignored counsel. He gets to the house of the family of this woman and they say it's too late to travel and he ignores counsel. He now takes the concubine and goes on a journey and gets to another city that doesn't know him and says, we're going to stay here for the night. And the people say, this is not a good place to stay because this is a city of perversion. And he says, no, we'll stay here. They get in the house and the men of the city come beating on the door. And they say, give us the men and the women. They said, well, we're not going to let the men come out, so we're going to give you the women. Now think about this. They gave the women over. So he gives the daughter of the man that is the house he's staying in and his concubine. They leave them outside. Now, the story is horrible. This is the word of the Lord from two years ago. It says they beat and raped the women all night. You need to hear this. It says the next morning, the woman is laying dead at the door. What does the man do? 
The man takes the woman, divides her in pieces, sends her to the tribes, and he makes up a lie. He says, this is how they attacked us and killed her. You all need to fight for me. Two years ago, we prophesied in the house that the Lord said this prophetic word is for the nation, that there is going to come a battle in this nation based on a lie. People hear prophecy, but they don't listen. Two years ago, we prophesied standing here in Southern California that the Lord says they will create a lie to make the nation go to war so that they can hold on to power. Two years ago, that was prophesied. So now the nation is fighting based on, so who was the woman cut in pieces? If we want to make it an allegory, America. The man who should have stayed at home, who now creates a war to fight for power so that he can divide the nation. Y'all ain't hearing me. Now, I want to make it plain. The beauty of a prophetic word is this was spoken two years ago. That's why we went back to it. This ain't what we came up with this morning because we want to get in your head. This ain't what we came up with last week because we're trying to make a point. You need to go back two years ago. This is exactly what we prophesied two years ago and said, the Lord said, this is what's coming to the nation. Because we have not honored covenant. The Bible makes it plain and says the battle that ensued was based on they would not hear counsel. What has happened to us? The church has not been hearing the word of God. We have not been listening to the prophetic. We have not been operating in the truth of God's word. We've been operating in people's opinion. So for the last two years, all of the battles in the church, our divisions stop talking to each other, fighting on Facebook, fighting on Instagram is based on whatever somebody we like told us. Not God's counsel, not God's wisdom, based on everybody else making mistakes and then making war that we had to choose sides. The church has been blind. The prophets must see again. We then go from that word to understand that 5779 two years ago was Oots. It's about counsel, brings us to now, 5781. Now, 5781, well, last year's word, last year's word, we went from counsel. Who, who remembers the word for last year? Oots, oots, yes, thank you. Now, that's the word that meant wooded, okay? The whole word was about sitting underneath the trees. So let's put it together. God declared to us two years ago, Counsel will keep us from warfare and battles and dividing. Not hearing counsel is going to lead us to a place of dividing cities, dividing from families, getting into battles. Last year, the word of the Lord was you will sit underneath the trees. Last year, we sat underneath the trees for almost a whole year. What did that word mean? To sit still and hear wisdom. God spoke to us before the pandemic came and said, 
This nation and the world is going to sit still and hear wisdom. Ooze. You will sit still and hear wisdom. That was the word of the Lord. We were going to sit still. I, I can't see my phone. Are they getting this? Okay. Now, the prophetic word last year was you're going to sit still and hear wisdom. That's a unique thing. Patrick, can you bring me that notebook, the yellow one on top? Because the word of the Lord was we're going to sit still and hear wisdom, then many of us, when the pandemic came, thank you, sir. When the pandemic came, we lost our minds because we didn't realize that God had already said, don't lose your mind. Don't go crazy. This year, the whole world is going to sit still. Ah, woo, Debbie. Oh, do you realize I found out something this year? My father and I were talking and he made a statement to me. You and I have talked about this, Bishop Clinton. I believe most people don't love the prophetic. I'm going to make this clear. People love prophecy. They don't love the prophetic. If you love the prophetic, you listen to it. You guard yourself. You make appropriate action and then you walk by it. If you love prophecy, you love to take notes. You love to go to the meetings. You get excited, but nothing changes. We've got a generation that loves prophecy, but they don't love the prophetic. Ah. See, I love the prophetic. I love to govern myself according to the word. If you love the prophetic, you obey when God speaks to you. We don't love the prophetic because when God tells us to change, we don't change. How do I know we don't love the prophetic? If you love the prophetic, when the Lord said, sit still, you wouldn't be complaining about having to wear a mask. You wouldn't be complaining about having to stay home. You wouldn't be complaining about the whole world shutting down because the Lord said it was coming. Because the Lord said to them when he sent them into Babylon, don't complain to me about Babylon. Not only have I sent you into Babylon, you ought to marry, plant vineyards, build houses, make the city better. Because I sent you here for a reason. I'm telling you right now, the word of the Lord, God is spoken to us. Now, let me say this. To all the people who are prophesying that in 2021, everything is over and it's going to be different, they're lying to you. Things are not changing yet. Things are not going to be over yet. The pandemic is not over yet. The economy is not going to return yet. I'm not doomsaying and I'm not gloom bringing. I'm telling you the reason. The Lord said to me, I'm not changing everything in 2021 yet because they didn't obey me in 2020. What was supposed to happen in 2020 was we were supposed to sit, hear wisdom, and prepare for a new season. And we did not prepare ourselves. We did not humble ourselves. We continued to argue over politics. We continued to act like we had a king instead of a president. We kept arguing like church wasn't important. We fought about our ideologies instead of bowing to the word of God. And now we think because January hit, everything's changing. The devil is a liar. Hear the word of the Lord until we allow the Lord to have our hearts. The season will not change. God is after your heart. 
What is God after? Our hearts. How do I know he wants our hearts? Because our nation is fighting over foolishness and blaming God. This ain't over yet. God is going to purify our hearts, not our garments. And he's going to work with us until he has a bride that is pure and holy and undefiled. He's going to work with us until we stand up with clean hands and a clean heart. He's going to work with us until when we stand up to worship him, there's no other motive in our heart. He's going to work with us until when we pray, power shows up because he sifted our hearts clean. He's going to work with us until our mouths are not full of words, but empty of power. He's going to work with us until the glory of God fills our worship and shakes a whole neighborhood. He's going work with us because we've been talking strong but walking weak and he's going to purify us this is the season of purification and I don't care what nobody else tells you I'm telling you what I have heard from him I believe they're hearing correctly but I, I can only verify what I heard I can't verify for their word but for the word he gave me he said to me I'm going to purify my people this year this year we coming out holy Debbie we coming out holy. We're going to come out clean. He's going to wash us. <laughs> and I'm glad about it. Oh, 2021 is the year where God shall cleanse his house. He shall purify the sons of Levi. He shall wash the Levitical priesthood. He shall cleanse the sons of worship and the daughters of destiny. He shall cleanse us and we shall lift up holy hands and we shall lift up pure words. He's going to cleanse us and it shall be good. The word that follows sitting underneath the trees, oots, where we sit underneath the tree, where we sit in the wooded place. Now we get to 5781. The word is ook, ook. I love this. Now, ook is unique because we're about to dig into this. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to hold you too long, but if you're still all right, are they still all right, Patrick? All right. The word ook is unique because it means to totter, to cause to totter, to crush, to pack down, to press. This is a unique word because what it means is Amos 2.13, behold, I am pressed under you as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. Do you know what the prophetic word speaks of for this year? It is uniquely descriptive. It means, now hear this. This is God talking to his people. God says the picture for 2021 is my glory, my nature has been made unstable by you. Come on. The cart is not stable. The church is not stable. The government is not stable. The economy is not stable. I am pressed. The Lord is talking. I am pressed. I am weighed down. I am ook. I am tottering like a drunk man. I am crushed underneath you like a cart that is full of sheaves. It literally means the weight of you has made me unstable. My 
This is unique. Yes, it is. This word for this year, hear me and hear me well. The Lord is declaring to us in 2021, we must cease bringing all of our dead designs, our weight, our reputation, our information, our arguments, because the weight of us has made his presence look unstable. We make the glory look unstable. We make the Holy Ghost look unstable. We make the cross look unstable because we're so busy carrying us that we make him look strange. You have made me totter, rock underneath you. Hear me, people of God. I declare unto you prophetically, this is the year where God is bringing us back into balance. This is the year where we are going to stop rocking and reeling and falling around under the weight of our own strength. We have our own ideas, our own ministries, our own promises, our own proclamations. And God said, you're so busy carrying you that you make me look strange. The season has come this year. I'm going to say this clearly. Is this all right? Is this helping anybody? This year, hear me clearly, you got to die. This year, you've got to die to your decisions, your flesh, your will, your desires, your proclamations, your anger, your offended heart, your bitterness. You got to die. You got to die to Instagram, to Facebook. You got to die. You got to die to your politics, to your Republican, to your Democrat, to your independent mindset. You got to die. You got to die to Biden is my president. Trump is my president. You got to die. Everything in you not like Christ has to die. Because this year, God says, you're not going to make me look unstable any longer. This year, he's cleansing his house. This year, his power is returning to the house of God. This year, the glory is coming. This year, God says to us, stop making me look unstable. When the Lord showed me this, I wept. I sat in my house and wept. Jeff, I think you know what I'm talking about. I I wept because I was overcome by this because as I saw this, as I saw this, I began to weep because I said, Lord, have we really made you look unstable? And the Lord says, you have. And I said, how have we made you look unstable? And this is what the Lord said. Thank you, sir. The Lord said to me, you all tell people I healed. And then nobody gets healed. You make me look unstable. Y'all tell people that I want to save them. And then they come in with their tattoos or gay or lesbian or angry or black or white or Native American. He said, and when they come in, you make them sit in the back because you don't want to disrupt your service. You make me look unstable. 
He said, you tell everybody that I want the worship. He said, but when they sing any song that ain't on your playlist, you won't sing with them. You make me look unstable. He said, you tell them, come, whoever will come to the house of God. He said, but if they're homeless or they smell or they ain't clean, then you stop them at the door and give them food and send them on their way because you don't want them to mess up your church. You make me look unstable. He said, I cannot have you make me look unstable any longer because I came for the world. The season has come where church cannot be your model. Jesus has to be your model. Jesus is our model. He loved everybody. I'm sick and tired. Now, this is Michael talking now. I'm not prophesying. I'm talking. I'm sick to death of preachers saying they represent Jesus, but they always preaching about who they don't like and who they can't stand. You are a weak representative of the cross. You are an insult to the blood of Jesus. You ought to take down your name and give up your ministry. You do not represent the God that died for the whole world. You do not represent the Christ that poured out his blood for all mankind. If you can't love everybody, shut your mouth. Enough. We've made him look bad to the world. And then we sit up quiet because we don't want to offend nobody. It's a poor example of a renewed mind. This Bible that we read declares to us this year, he will not let us put our weight upon his kingdom and make his kingdom look unstable. Now, I love this. I always look at the Hebrew word and the Greek word. So now let's look at the Greek. The Greek word for this year is epe kairo. I love this. Epe kairo. I love this. Now, when you look at this word, it's such a powerful word. What it means is to put the hand to. Mm. It means to take in hand or to undertake. This is a powerful thing. It's found in scripture three times. Luke 1.1. 1, 1. For as much as many have taken in hand, epicareo, have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed. First time we see it. Acts 9.29, as he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about Epicairo to slay him. What does this mean? 19.13, then certain of the vagabond Jews, I love that word, vagabond, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcist, took upon them, Epicareo, to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, it shows up three times. The powerful thing about this word is it means to take in hand, and it literally means the inference is to move by power given by another. To take in hand to an undertaking that someone gave you permission to do. 
Someone gave you permission. Now, each time this shows up, it is unique because it means I'm working by power, but it's not my power. Mm. I'm working by power, but not my power. Now, the three times it shows up is unique because none of these three times is it God's power. The three times it shows up here, they, he's not talking about him. We've misunderstood this in Luke 1. He says, for as much as many have taken in hand, he's talking about them. They took in hand to write it out. He says, then I thought I need to write out the real story because they've been writing out the wrong story. Ah, let's dig in. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth and order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. So the first thing we see in Luke 1.1 is an understanding that people took upon them to do God's work. Hear me. This year is the year where we've got to take our weight off of him. So the first time we see the epiphekeo, we see it here where it's about People trying to write God's story. But God didn't tell them to. The first thing I need to say to some of you, this is the year where stop doing stuff that you say is for God, but God never said to do it. I want to walk us through. In 2020, the reason some of you have been so burdened and so weary is because you have spent the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years doing what you said was for God, but he never told you to do it. So you're weary because God will only give you grace to do what he commanded to be done. So we've got pastors leading churches that he never called you to lead. And we've got people doing ministry that he never told you to do. And we've got folks doing what the Lord said, but he never gave you strength to do it. So you're weary because God never told you to do it. They said in hand to write God's story, but God did not tell them to do it. The second place we go, Acts 9, 29. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. So now the second part, this is now religion at work. The first one was misunderstood Christianity. The second one is misplaced anger. Ah, this is the year where you've got to deal with all your offenses, all your bitterness in your heart, all that misplaced anger, because what happened was now... He spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but the Greeks went about to slay him. Went about. It's the same word. They had permission and power to kill Paul. Permission and power to fight the kingdom, king of kings work. Permission and power. So some of you need to understand, you think that what you're doing is right, but you're operating under a religious mandate and you're calling it a kingdom model. You're fighting the Holy Ghost, speaking against healing ministries, speaking against the prophetic, speaking against women in ministry, speaking against people of different colors worshiping together, speaking against young people having the move of God, 
fighting against what's going on, acting more denominational than spiritual, acting more American than anointed, being more political than powerful, and you're doing it with the permission of your friends, you're being Greek, but you're not being godly. You're acting like God is with you, but God is not with you. Why? Because if God was with you, you wouldn't be fighting your brothers. You wouldn't be fighting your sisters. The Greeks thought they had permission to destroy somebody God was with. My question to you is when did God destroy his own house? When did God cause preachers to fight preachers? When did God tell prophets to fight prophets? When did God say just because they didn't vote the way you wanted, you ought to destroy their reputation? When did God say you ought to write down in the middle of the street and attack their ministry? When did God fight himself? In 2021, we can't have this. In 2021, the Lord is saying enough. Don't you dare believe you have authority to destroy what God is building just because people said you could do it. Oh, I don't know, Debbie. I feel like I'm preaching right. Is this all right tonight? I don't know how many people out there thought it was in their good measure and their call of God that along the way as Susan Miller or as Debbie Smith, or as Connie Lockett, as these women of God were being raised up by God along the way, there were some good men and women along the way who thought it was their responsibility, epiphakeo, to tell these women that God's really not with you. You're really not anointed. You need to stop talking so loud in the assembly. And why are you speaking in tongues like that? And why are you being so loud? You should sit down and let another do it. God's not talking. And they thought they were being Greek, but they weren't being godly. They thought it was their assignment. I tell you this year, God is sifting the motives of the heart. God is exposing what's really hiding inside of you. And all of those reasons you use to destroy another so that you can feel good about yourself and hold somebody hostage to your small thinking. God is exposing it and bringing it to the surface. And you think you're tearing somebody down, but you're revealing the wickedness of your own heart. And you think you're beating somebody up, but you're now unveiling what was hiding inside of you. I thank God for all that is being risen up to the surface. I thank God that he's exposing hearts and revealing minds. I thank God that people we thought were brothers are being exposed for the wolves in sheep's clothing they always were. God had to bring it to the surface. I'm not going to weep over what God exposes. The season has come. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God is making it plain. You can't attack somebody else in the name of God and think God will bless you. Now we get to Acts 19, 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them epiphakeo, ah, to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. The third level is this. What God is dealing with this year is spiritual power that does not have permission. Spiritual power without permission. This is the year, hear me, where God is restoring kingdom power. I mean kingdom power where God shall deliver you in an instant. The power of devils be broken by a word. Cities set free in a prayer. 
Nations turned upside down by one song. I'm telling you, the Lord said to me, I am restoring a measure of power to my people that has not been seen since the early church. He said, but as I restore this measure of power, I have to expose those who are operating without permission. Mm. There are folks operating without permission. That's not power from God. You've been playing around. You calling on God's name, but you still reading horoscopes. You're calling on God's name, but you still got a Ouija board in your house. You're calling on God's name, but letting all your kids read Harry Potter. You're calling on God's name, but you're sleeping with anybody who'll slow down. You're calling on God's name, but you're playing with wickedness. And the Lord is making it plain. You can't have Holy Ghost power in this hour and have true signs, wonders, and miracles. Not this year. Not this year. Because now when you go to deal with spirits, when you go to deal with the sick, when you go to bind spirits, they said in the name of the God whom Paul serves. And when they said that, it says the demons jumped on them. Oh, I need to say to some of you, some of you need to sit down and get quiet because God's about to reveal you've been playing with matches when this is a game for fire. You've been acting like you had something that was never inside of you and God's about to expose this thing. Why? Because I've never seen someone live dirty and have power. Not in this hour. Not in this year. I'm going to say this, and, and I know we've been going for a while. I hope this is all right. Are they still with us? I need to say this to you. Now, hear me. I asked the Lord the other day. I said, Lord, you have promised. I have seen signs and wonders by your hand for years. I've seen indelible miracles. I've seen you open blind eyes and pull people out of wheelchairs. I've seen the devil. Deaf ears open. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it by my own hands. I've seen you do it for years. I said, Lord, and they're always asking the same dumb question. And the dumb question is this, why not here? That's a dumb question. The question is not why not here. The question is why not me? See, when you make it about a place, you give up your responsibility. Because when you make it about a place, why not here? Let somebody else be the one you use. Uh-uh, that's not the question. The question is, why not me? Why are you not letting me be a vehicle for signs, wonders, and miracles? I dare you to ask that question because you won't like the answer. And when I prayed, the Lord said, the reason they won't ask that question is because anyone who honestly asks, why not them, already know the answer. <laughs> because before you finish praying, God's already told you what he needs from you. Spiritual power in this year, in this season, will be equal to your commitment to the Lord. I have had a vision several times that the Lord brought back to me where I saw a stadium full of people. And as the stadium was full of people, I saw a cloud come over the top of the stadium. I saw people playing worship on the platform and the 
cloud began to get bigger and bigger over the stadium until the cloud looked like it was breaking with wind and, excuse me, water and lightning. I saw the glory of God begin to fill up the stadium. And when I saw it the first time, I said, Lord, that's your glory. And the Lord said, I'm coming for them. I said, for who? He said, for the hungry. I said, when will you come for them? He said, whenever they get hungry. I said, how long will it take? He said, how long does hunger last? I said, well, what year will you come? He said, I'll come now if they're hungry. The Lord, he he made me laugh. He said, you keep acting like the problem is me. He said, I've been chasing y'all since Acts chapter 2. He said, the wind and tongues of fire have been loosed in the earth since Acts chapter 2. I never changed my mind. He said, the difference is no one will clean the vessel. God, I want to see you move, but I don't want to turn the TV off. Lord, I want to see you move, but I don't want to be nice to nobody. Lord, I want to see you move, but I want to keep my nasty attitude. Oh, power is connected to commitment. Those three places that we hit actually hit three areas that the Lord spoke to me. And now I'm just going to begin to prophesy just a little bit. and We're going to release some of this. Media, justice, and spiritual power. Those three verses, Luke 1, 1, where he says, it was given to us, they began to write the story of you and they did not have permission because none of their stories are retained by history. But Luke had permission from God, so I write down now the story of the Almighty, the story of Jesus. Do you know the first writings of the Bible, whether we understand it or not, it was some of the greatest releases of media that the world has ever seen. It was the story of Christ that becomes what we read, we sang, we prayed about, we told to generations, it's media. So we see now strength being loosed in media. The second one, it was about justice, justice. The Greeks said upon themselves, we shall now deal with this man, but they wanted to bring justice. Everywhere that it was their hand being loose, they were operating in a different arena. The first arena was media. The second arena was justice. The third one was spiritual power. They were trying to operate in permission given to them, but God didn't give them permission. As I was looking at this, the Lord said, now you've seen the three areas that I'm going to deal with this year. He said, so prophetically, in this word that we see here in the Greek, he said, these are the three areas in those three verses that I am dealing with this year. So now let me just be prophetic for a moment. Number one, in media. There is about to be a revival and a renaissance in media, unlike anything we've seen for many generations. The Lord is about to raise up righteous people to begin to cause there to be a new sound in news, in media, in art, in design, in the writing of plays, in the making of movies. I saw these movie scripts flying off of a shelf so fast that I could not count them. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to cause there to be a renaissance and a revival of art that is going to explode from California. I saw up into Seattle. I saw up into Canada. And I saw all across the East Coast and there were all these movies being written. 
and teams began to gather around and record them. So 2020, the dearth of media that was out there has actually caused people to learn how to create in a new fashion. So I want to say to many of you who are watching, the artists that are watching, the media people who are watching, the singers, the writers, the playwrights, the actors, the industry officials who are listening to you, the Lord is saying to you, he's giving you permission to hear, to dream, and to think outside of the box in ways you've never seen before. I speak over some of you now that dreams are about to come to you in such a defined way that you're going to wake up with entire movies already given you in the middle of your sleep. I say to you right now, there's a woman watching. You're in your early thirties. You're a songwriter. I see your face. And the Lord says, you are about to write a series of songs that are going to change your life. You have been walking around your house the last few days and you've been singing out to the Lord. And the Lord says, the song of the Lord that is in your spirit is about to rewrite the future of your son. Your son, your son is 11 years old. He'll be 12 in a few weeks. He has had a sickness that he's been dealing with. The Lord says he's not only going to heal your boy, but he is going to release a fire through you that is going to burn up all of the abuse you went through as a child because they tried to destroy your mind. When you were a little girl, they used to come in between two and three in the morning and you would tremble in your bed and say, Lord, not again. Why are they coming after me? But the Lord says everything that that the enemy tried to do to you is going to become the stories you retell and the songs you write. So I tell you right now in Jesus' name, be loosed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes. God is unlocking media. God is going to cause there to be a group of media developers that come together. And I heard the word earlier. The Lord says agreements and conglomerates, agreements and conglomerates. I keep seeing these massive groups coming together and forming new networks new building groups, new writing groups. The Lord says some of you need to be ready to work with people you've never worked with, to write with people you've never written with, because the time has come. It will not be by your own hand, but by the people you work with that you will produce the material that goes around the world. Be looking for the right people to work with. This is not the time to hide your gift. This is not the time to sit in the corner and say, I'm not good enough. The Lord says the season has come. You have to do it now. You have to expose it now. You have to get it out there now because he's salting the atmosphere for others to work with you. I feel something stirred. I feel it. I feel it. And God is calling us. Media. Hear me on this. I'm going to say something that I would never say, but I have to say it because it's where we are. The Lord said to me that one of the major networks in this nation is about to be shaken to its core. I saw a major network shake, shake, shake. I literally saw it shaking. And as it was shaking, the Lord said, I'm going to shake it to its core and dismantle it because behind the scenes, they lied. Hear me. I have to say what I'm hearing. He said they lied. 
They expose some things about women being abused just to save themselves and they lied on other leaders. But I'm about to expose the full root of what they were doing and I'm going to shatter them and raise up two others in their place. So do not be shocked and do not be dismayed when I cause an entire network to crumble before your eyes over this next year. The Lord says one of the major networks that you've been watching since you were children is going to just collapse in front of you, but I will raise up two others in its place because I'm going to do what is right by my daughters, by my daughters. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I feel this. Mm. The Lord says justice. This year is a year of justice. Over these last year and a half, there has been such a unique move of justice, and many of us did not know how to deal with it. Now, I want to say something. When the Lord spoke to me about this, he said, I am for justice for anyone and everyone. God is a God of justice. God believes in justice. He doesn't believe in judgment, but he believes in justice. I want to say that he's a merciful God, but he's a just God. Now, when the Lord kept saying that to me, the Lord said, this is the year of justice. I said, what does that mean? This is what I heard. I love living in the prophetic. The first thing, I saw these series of checks drop down from heaven. And what I heard was, I am going to cause those who have stolen from the weak to have to pay back those they robbed. I saw these young girls who were like the granddaughters of women who'd been abused. And suddenly their entire schooling was paid for and they had houses to live in. The Lord says, I'm going to expose the stories of women who worked in houses, women who were raped and abused, and I'm going to cause their grandchildren to receive the retribution and the payback for what they walked through. I saw inner city areas being rebuilt. This is what I heard. There are major companies right now that the Lord has been dealing with behind the scenes. There's four technology companies that God has raised up over the last six years into a great place of prominence, but the Lord has been speaking to them and you are about to see them come forward. This is what he showed me. They are about to come forward and be part of renovating the inner city areas of America. And I saw companies do what the government won't do, not can't do, won't do. I saw companies come together and I saw tech companies. I saw literally computer companies. I saw art, artists, entertainers walking together and it was like 30 of them in a room. And they began to say, if you put in a million, I'll put in five. If you give 10 million, I'll get in the influence. If you do this, I'll give everybody computers. And I saw entire inner city areas rebuilt over three year period by people who are not even elected by us. The Lord said, I will cause business to do what government will not. I tell you right now, America is not done. America is not over. 
This is not the end of America. We are not in our worst season. I don't care who prophesied it. I don't care what they said. I'm telling you, there's about to be a renovation. There's about to be a renaissance. There's about to be a rebuilding. I'm telling you that the gates are about to be put back in place. The streets are about to be rebuilt and schools are about to rise up. I'm telling you that 2020 has given voice to a new generation that shall rise up and call upon the name of the Lord. And God is about to cause a wind to blow through this nation and if you are going to be part of it, let your hands be clean and your mouth be ready because God is about to rebuild the broken down places of this nation and we shall rise up again and call him blessed. God's going to do this. God shall do it. Justice. God is going to cause there to be an understanding of how races are going to work together. Bishop Foster, I saw something unique. I saw all of these different men of God and women of God of different colors. And they were sitting around together praying. And I said, what am I seeing? The Lord says, I'm going to get the leaders from my houses who are not trying to be famous. And they shall gather together at tables to pray. And I shall give them insight on how to heal races. God is going to heal in this nation what's been wounded. But he will not do it through those who are trying to build a kingdom on the back of our pain. He's going to do it through the hands and the hearts of those who have been servants. Some of you need to know, even in this room, you are going to be used by God to be bridges. Danny, you need to know you are going to be a bridge to the broken and the weary and the wounded. God is going to use your life to bring people back together who said they'd never sit together in one place again. And for some reason, I keep seeing Native American groups linking hands with you. I keep seeing all these little kids who are Hispanic and little black kids surrounding you. And I see you pulling them all together. The Lord says you're going to be a mother to the weary and the broken and a bridge to the thrown away. And you shall see them healed and restored because of your heart. God is going to bring them back together. God is going to bring them back together. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm just my goodness. Okay. I don't know who this is, but there is a gentleman watching right now. You are in your early 50s. You've been struggling with severe migraines. Right now, you've got a problem around your eye. You're watching right now, and literally, I see the hand of the Lord touching you. Sir, wherever you are right now, if you can just get on on there and just type and say, it's me. But I'm telling you right now, I see the hand of the Lord over your head right now. And God says... This is the moment of your healing and the time of your restoration. I speak to that pain and I speak to that affliction and I command it in the name of Jesus. Loose him now. Come out of his body. Go from him. Be restored, sir, in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, that flashing you've had in your vision goes now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your healing presence flowing out to people right now for your healing presence. The last one, spiritual power. This is going to be a year where God is going to raise up powerhouses. Powerhouses. I want to be clear on this. I kept seeing Kansas around Kansas City, and I know God has moved there in prayer for many years, but hear me, it's not the same ministries. I saw a group of young people 
laying on their face who are connected to prayer, but it's a brand new thing. And these young girls and a few young men, it was like it was no more than 20 of them, Debbie. They were laying on their face and I saw fire fall upon them. The Lord says he's birthing a new powerhouse in Kansas City. He's birthing a house of fire in Kansas City. He's birthing a house of victory ha, huh, in Kansas City. He's birthing a renewal in Kansas City. And the prophets spoke for years and said there would come another generation. And you would carry water that would flow out of you like a river. And fire would be upon your hands to light revivals. I declare over you in the name of the Lord God Almighty that God is breathing fresh fire upon the young people of Kansas City. I declare upon you now from heaven a fresh impartation be loosed on you in the name of Jesus. I keep seeing up around Connecticut. I saw an angel spinning above Connecticut. And the Lord said, I'm loosing healing in Connecticut. I'm loosing a well of healing. Tell them in Connecticut that if they will pray for impossible miracles, I will loose them for the well of healing has been opened. Ah, the waters have been troubled. The waters have been troubled. The waters have been troubled. Connecticut, I declare over you in the name of Jesus, up out of your wheelchairs, take off your hearing aids. I declare over you, lay down your canes and begin to walk. I declare in Jesus' name that the healing presence of God is loose to you, Connecticut. The rivers are flowing and the well is broken loose. I saw up around San Francisco, the Lord reached down into the earth over the last few weeks. He reached down and Patrick, he literally grabbed the earth and I saw him pull up like this and it left an opening. I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm digging out the blockages. He said, everything that's kept deliverance from flowing, he's digging out the blockages. I declare in Jesus' name over the San Francisco area where you have struggled with identity and struggled with homelessness and struggled with the word of the Lord and fighting and yielding in the name of Jesus. The Lord is removing the blockages of the past. We declare in the name of Jesus that which has held you hostage, that which has held you captive in Jesus' name, may it be broken this night in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. Down around Orange County. I don't even know why, but I kept seeing Orange County. And this is what I saw. Susan, it was unique. I saw a pin in the hand of an angel and the pin was doing this. Just flash, just one mark and it would flash. I said, what are you doing, Lord? The Lord says, I am writing yes. I said, yes, over Orange County? He said, yes. I said, why? He said, it's time for another 40-year revival. Oh. Orange County, California. The Lord has heard the prayers of those that have prayed before you. It's time for another 40-year revival. It's time for another breakout. As Paul and Jan crouch before you, as Calvary Chapel before you, as the move of God with Lonnie Frisbee before you, 
as they sang and prayed, as they said, come Holy Spirit. So we declare over you in the name of Jesus, another generation, another 40 year breakout, a Jesus move in the name of Jesus. We declare in Anaheim, we declare in Fullerton, we declare in Santa Ana, we declare in Mission Viejo, we declare in Elisa Viejo, we declare in, oh, in the name of Jesus, we declare revival. Yes. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, Jesus, I saw, oh, oh, these last few weeks have been, oh, I saw the edge of a knife over New York. And I began to pray. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, remember, son, I have not come to judge, but to bless. I said, then what is the knife for? He said, tell New York <laughs> that their circumcision has come that I'm cutting off the flesh of yesterday so that the circuit riders may arise again. I said, the circuit riders. He said, oh, he said, this is where they would hit the nation and begin to ride. He said, I'm going to stir up the anointing of the Wesley brothers. I'm going to stir up the anointing that was upon the churches of old. I'm going to stir up that yoke-breaking anointing that was resting upon them. Tell them I'm circumcising their hearts. So be of good cheer. For from all of the death and sorrow shall arise resurrection and revival. From all of the brokenness shall arise joy. I am causing there to be a fresh move that shall come from New York and sweep down through America. Tell them I have heard them and I will ignore them no longer. New York, the Lord is about to do something among you that shall cause you to tremble. And it shall be good. And it shall be good. Oh, Lord, we bless you. We bless you. Whew. I was about to start prophesying all about California. I'm trying to keep some of that till Sunday. But I have to say this. I saw over this desert. I saw golden rain. It was like golden bars were melting in the presence of God. And as the gold was melting, it began to drip. The Lord says, I'm letting my presence fall thick again. I said, Lord, your presence is here. He said, son, you don't know what it is to have my thick presence. He said, I'm causing my thick presence to come again. He said, my presence shall be so thick that it shall fall upon a man and it will take him days to recover from being drunk in my presence. He said, I'm going to fall upon a woman and she'll speak and get a whole city saved. He said, I'm going to fall upon a child and the child will get their whole family drunk just by telling them what. He said, I am coming with thick oil, thick presence. It shall fall upon us and be irrecoverable. We shall not return from this place. I declare over some of you right now that in your house, the thick weighty oil of God is coming upon you now in Jesus name that God is falling upon you in a fresh manner upon your head to hear upon your eyes to see 
upon your lips to declare. May the weighty oil of God descend upon you now and cause you to be changed into another vessel. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I'm just hearing a couple more things. I'm going to say this and then we're going to let you out of here. Ooh, oh, Lord, this is good. This is good. This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. We're not going to get a chance to go through all the scriptures. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm, we're not going to make it through all that. Here, let's just go back to here. What I do need to go to is, wait. Here's where we're going. What the verse says, when he said, you have weighed me down, I am pressed underneath you. The picture in the Hebrew, because remember, every Hebrew word is also a picture. The picture is, Patrick and I were talking about this. See, the glory is always on the ark. But in this caption, in this passage, he's talking about a cart. We forget. The only time God was ever on a cart was when they put him on a cart. Because God is only supposed to be on the ark carried by the priest. So when he's on a cart, this whole passage is about y'all keep building structures to carry me. The whole passage is about the reason I'm unstable is because you keep building structures that I never gave permission to. The whole passage is about, I can't be stable till you get rid of the cart and carry me on your shoulders. God is telling us this year, we ain't gonna see glory till we carry him together. The cart, that's your denomination. The cart, that's your favorite preacher. The cart, that's how your mama told you. The cart, that's how you do it in your nation. The cart, that's how your people do it. The cart, that's how your culture, your color, your upbringing does it. The cart is about what's convenient for you. But the shoulders of the priest is everybody standing together. We move together. We stop together. God said, the reason I'm unstable is because y'all keep making carts when I ask for priests. A cart will never do what only a priesthood can. This year, God says to us, return to the priesthood. Not to the cart. Not to your structures, not to your good ideas, not to blinking lights on the platform and smoke machine, not to your favorite singer singing your favorite song. Return to the priesthood. Return to worship that pulls you down to the ground and lays you on your face. Return to prayer that makes you weep like a child until heaven answers you. Return to the word that convicts you before you tell anybody else what it says. Return to prophecy that don't tell you what you want, but it tells you what you need. Return to truth 
that ain't just truth for your group, but truth for everybody. No more cart. Let's go back to being priests. I beg of you who are listening in the name of Jesus, I beg of you in Christ's name. Let this be the year you lay down all prejudice, all mindsets. I'm not talking about racial prejudice. If that's your issue, then that's what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about all your favorite things. God has to do it this way. Church has to be this way. Here's how we're going to reach him. Could you lay all that down and just say, God, I'm not stopping till you move. I'm going to carry you this year until what I hear in the box, in the ark, gets on me. I'm going to carry you this year until the glory that I know is you transforms who I am. I'm going to carry you this year. He's calling us. No more of this. The ark deserves to be carried by priests, not by structures. The last thing I saw was this. I saw a lighthouse go out over a nation. The Lord said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, if they will do this, if they will seek my face, if they will seek my face, if they will turn, if they will humble themselves, this is what you'll become again. I saw people standing together. And as we were all standing together, we began to melt into each other. As we melted into each other, we began to shine. And the glory that was hidden in each vessel became unstoppable glory. And it began to shine over the nation. And I saw the nation. This is what it showed me. I saw people in the streets fighting. They stopped fighting. And they began to look up and say, where's that light coming from? I saw people in D.C. arguing. They literally, this is what I saw a couple weeks ago. They walked out of the Capitol buildings and they stopped arguing. And they said, where's that light coming from? I saw people in hospitals dying, get up out of their beds and walk to the door of the hospital. And they said, where is that light coming from? And it was the church. We were shining with so much glory that the dying and the broken finally had somewhere to go. This is who we're called to be. This is who he's anointed us to be. I don't know about you, but I'm saying to you tonight, this year is the year where God is calling us to either be a broken cart that cannot carry his glory or a shining people that leads a nation back to God. 2021 is your opportunity to choose what you're going to be and how you're going to walk. I choose this year to be a shining example of his presence. There's so much more that we're not going to get to tonight. 
I pray this has blessed you. I pray for those who are listening, this has helped you. I pray it's given you prophetic insight, prophetic word that you can walk by and prepare yourself to. If you've got questions, send them to us. Over the next few days, I'm going to be responding to people's questions. I'm going to be praying for people. Over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to release the word of the Lord. I'm looking forward. I think it's what, next weekend I'll be at the missions? So the 17th. The 17th, I'm going to be at the mission. Um, And so it's going to be powerful with Dave and Deborah Crone, um, Ryan Crone as well. Um, I think Daniel McCullum will be with us for the weekend. So we're going to have a phenomenal time, but I'm going up there to release the word of the Lord as well and talk about some of the things that God is speaking this Sunday. Uh, I believe I'm going to be sharing at DC3. And so for those who are connected to the desert, I'm going to be sharing on this Sunday about just the desert. I'm going to be sharing the stuff God has said to me is coming for the desert. How do we prepare for it? How do we get ourselves ready for it? And what is God saying? This is a great time. It's a powerful time. For those that have been connected to us, continue to pray for us. This year is going to be unlike anything we've ever had before. It's already exploding. Um, While we're waiting for the nation to open back up, uh, I've been getting, I'm going to give them to Patrick, but we're going to put them on the website. I think I've got invitations now speaking that we'll be doing some virtual and some in person over the next couple of months. We're already booked. And so that happened just the last two days. Different pastors writing in saying, we want to hear the word of the Lord. I said, okay. For those of you pray for us, we want God to move. And we're believing God to move in a supernatural way. And we want his will to be done. For those in your homes, we're standing with you. We're believing for you. We're believing that God is doing what he said. Most importantly, love each other and love God. Don't get so caught up in all the noise that you're hearing right now that you start to think the noise is the same as his voice. Noise is not voice. Noise goes away. Voice stays forever. Hold on to his voice in the midst of noise. In the midst of storms, he says, peace be still. In the midst of funerals, he says, get up and rise again. And in the midst of pain, he says, this will not last forever. You've got to remember his voice is greater than their noise. Hold on to the voice of God. The last thing I say to the men and women of God who are listening, some of you I know, some I don't, I beg of you in the name of Jesus, stop repeating what everybody else is saying and creating confusion. God called you to be his mouthpiece. You will stand before God one day and you will give an account to every word you spoke in his name. You will have to answer for the confusion you create and the wars you start. And be very sure God is patient, but he remembers. You will answer one day for everything you said, he said that he did not say. You will stand before him. Sometimes in all of the teaching of the love of God, we forget that he is a loving God, but he is not a fool nor is he our servant. He is God. And if you're going to speak for him, say what he says and no more. And if you cannot do that, then stop speaking in his name because he will require it of you one day. People don't talk like this anymore. I know that sounds heavy. I mean to sound heavy tonight. I mean to lay upon you the thought that there is blood on some of your hands. I mean to lay it at your feet 
that you have split churches and caused people to run from God because you just didn't like them anymore. You will answer to God one day. And without fear of you and without apology, I want you to remember we said that. God will check your words one day. So let's talk like he's listening. Let's live like he's looking. And let's love like it matters. It's his will, not ours.